Maybe some point down the line there might be a, a UK-US trade agreement, but it's not going to happen anytime soon because our focus is in negotiating with a big block of the European Union to get a trade agreement done. And UK is going to be in the back of the queue. Well, that was last year as Obama tried to influence the Brexit referendum. At the time, Donald Trump was asked in an interview with Piers Morgan what his position would be, and this was his response. Uh, with me, they'll always be treated fantastically would well. Would we be front of the queue with a Donald well, Trump Well, I don't president? want to say front or anything else. I mean, I'm going to treat everybody fairly, but it wouldn't make any difference to me whether they were in the EU or not. We wouldn't be back of the queue You would trade. certainly not be back of the queue, that I can tell you. It must be said post-election and post-inauguration that Donald Trump has held true to his word and not put Britain at the back of the line, as we call it in Canada. In fact, I don't know if Trump could do any more to put Britain at the front of the line. His first meeting with a politician from another country after the election was Nigel Farage, the leader of the United uh, Kingdom Independence Party, or UKIP, uh, and Nigel was the man behind Brexit, and that was, uh, as we say, Trump's first meeting with a politician from another country. As for Trump's first week in office, there has been much discussed and written about what that week would look like. There have been protests and executive orders signed, and the first official visit from another country's leader. And, of course, it was with the British Prime Minister, Theresa May. We'll discuss some of what was said during that visit, but before we do, I think it's worth reading the words of Graham Pierce that he wrote in Milestones of the Kingdom in 1980. So this is written in 1980, and in that book, under a chapter about Britain, there's a heading called The Merchants of Tarshish and All the Young Lions Thereof. This brief So this is actually uh, Graham's words. He says, quote, This brief phrase from Ezekiel chapter 38 indicating that the merchants of Tarshish will be involved in challenging the northern invader of the land of Israel, is suggestive in a number of directions. It tells us, number one, he's got five points here that he makes from that, uh, from that phrase, the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions thereof. Number one, that Britain will not be part of the European Confederacy. Number two, that we can look for close cooperation between Britain and America, the strongest of the young lions. Number three, that Britain has a part to play in the Middle East. Number four, that she will maintain her world trading position expressed in the words, merchants of Tarshish. Number five, there is the hint that she may be closely involved in the prosperity of Israel at the time of the invasion. And Graham Pierce later goes on in that chapter to say, how and when Britain will be detached from Europe, we do not know, but this will come. And further down in the chapter, he says, we expect to see close cooperation between America and Britain, and less between America and Europe. The, quote, special relationship has been revived, and we can see Britain becoming more linked with the U.S. than with Europe. And I bring these uh, words to your attention of Graham's because it gives us such confidence in the understanding of Britain as Tarshish and of the U.S. as a young lion. This has been mentioned on this program and written about in the Bible magazine many times. But since the, um, since the uh, Brexit vote, the U.S. election, and now Trump's first week in office, uh, with these words uh, in front of us, we'd almost think they were commentary of today's news. And we're seeing the, 
the points of Graham's takes, uh, take shape before our very eyes. I'd like to break down for our Bible in the News this week what Graham Pierce wrote uh, for, uh, based on that phrase from Ezekiel 38, those five points, and go through them and consider uh, some of these will be quotes from in the last week and a few uh, from in the last year, and you'll see as we go. So the first thing that uh, Graham spoke about or mentioned as his point was that Britain will not be part of the European Confederacy of Ezekiel 38, and he carried on to say that they would be, in fact, detached from Europe. This, was, uh, this is the words of Nigel Farage on the night of the referendum back in June uh, in Britain, and the, the, you can see that what, an, well, well, what a spectacular, spectacular night it was for Bible students. But if Graham was alive at this, at this time to hear these words that the holy prophets foresaw, and of course that's how Graham was able to foresee these things. And this was uh, Nigel Farage on the night of the, uh, the, the referendum. Ladies and gentlemen, dare to dream that the dawn is breaking on an independent, united kingdom. And let's get rid of the flag, the anthem, Brussels, and all that has gone wrong. Let, let June the 23rd go down in our history as our Independence Day! What a day that was. And for those of us that watched that uh, live, it really was uh, quite a moment to see. Because for, for many Bible students, as we spoke about, looking for that time when Europe, Britain would come out of Europe, uh, for me, I was looking for it since I was, uh, since I was a little kid and old enough to understand what uh, my father was, was, uh, was teaching me. But... Uh, this week, again, uh, this is Theresa May speaking about uh, the UK leaving Europe and their, uh, their relationship going forward. And this is actually from her speech on Thursday at the Republican Convention. As Americans know, the United Kingdom is by instinct and history a great global nation that recognizes its responsibilities to the world. And as we end our membership of the European Union, as the British people voted with determination and quiet resolve to do last year, we have the opportunity to reassert our belief in a confident, sovereign and global Britain, ready to build relationships with old friends and new allies alike. So those are the words as we've looked at of, of Nigel Farage and Theresa May, showing that Britain truly is on its way out of Europe. But the, so the second thing that Graham was looking for uh, was a, quote, close cooperation between Britain and America, the strongest of the allies. And really, that's what this uh, visit of Theresa May's was all about. It, was, it's, uh, it seems that both leaders, both Trump and May, are interested in having a relationship that would mirror the closeness of Reagan and Thatcher. And in fact, before the two leaders even met, Trump was reported... <laughs> to be referring to Prime Minister uh, May as my Maggie, referring to, obviously, Mag uh, Margaret Thatcher. Well, it seems that they certainly were off uh, both to a good start, 
And this, the following is from May's speech. This was on Thursday before she had actually met with uh, Donald Trump again at the uh, Republican convention. So as we rediscover our confidence together, as you renew your nation just as we renew ours, we have the opportunity, indeed the responsibility, to renew the special relationship for this new age. We have the opportunity to lead together again. Because the world is passing through a period of change. And in response to that change, we can either be passive bystanders or we can take the opportunity once more to lead and to lead together. So those were the words of uh, Theresa May at the Republican convention on Thursday. The following day, uh, Trump and May met for the first time. And the following uh, are both the words of Trump and May as they held a press conference uh, together. And uh, this was, as I say, on Friday. And we're looking, still looking at the words that Graham was looking for or spoke of, a close cooperation between Britain and America, the strongest of the young lions. I am honored to have Prime Minister Theresa May here for our first official visit from a foreign leader. This is our first visit, so great honor. The special relationship between our two countries has been one of the great forces in history for justice and for peace. And by the way, my mother was born in Scotland. Stornoway, which is serious Scotland. Today, the United States renews our deep bond with Britain, military, financial, cultural, and political. We have one of the great bonds. We pledge our lasting support to this most special relationship. Together, America and the United Kingdom are a beacon for prosperity and the rule of law. That is why the United States respects the sovereignty of the British people and their right of self-determination. A free and independent Britain is a blessing to the world, and our relationship has never been stronger. Both America and Britain understand that governments must be responsive to everyday working people, that governments must represent their own citizens. Madam Prime Minister, we look forward to working closely with you as we strengthen our mutual ties in commerce, business, and foreign affairs. Great days lie ahead for our two peoples and our two countries. On behalf of our nation, I thank you for joining us here today. It's a really great honor. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. President. And can I start by saying that I'm so pleased uh, that I've been able to be here today, and thank you for inviting me so soon after your inauguration. And, my, and uh, I'm delighted to be able to congratulate you on what was a stunning election victory. Uh, and as you say, the invitation is an indication of the strength and importance of the special relationship that exists between our two countries, a relationship based on the bonds of history, of family, kinship and common interests. And in a further sign of the importance of that relationship, I have today been able to convey Her Majesty the Queen's hope 
that President Trump and the First Lady would pay a state visit to the United Kingdom later this year, and I'm delighted that the President has accepted that invitation. So there's no doubt then that Britain and America are looked like in, in the, certainly in the near future and potentially long term are going to have a, uh, again, a very close relationship. Although it must be said that a relationship with the Trump administration for some of the other governments around the world is difficult because of some of the things that Trump has said and some of the, uh, the, the press that he gets. But regardless, you can see the, um, the focus and the desire in some of these other governments to certainly come together with America. And as far as Britain is concerned, it's something that we always have looked for. But thirdly, the third thing that Graham looked for was Britain to play a part in the Middle East. It was in September when Prime Minister May actually gave a historic speech to the Conservative Friends of Israel in the UK. And uh, these are actually some of her opening remarks. These Conservative Friends of Israel lunches are always special. But this year feels extra special. Not only is this CFI's biggest ever lunch, with over 800 people and over 200 parliamentarians. It's special for me because it's the first time I've come here as Prime Minister and leader of the Conservative Party. And it's a special time because, as others have referred to, we are entering the centenary year of the Balfour Declaration. On the 2nd of November 1917, the then Foreign Secretary, a Conservative Foreign Secretary, Arthur James Balfour, wrote, His Majesty's Government view with favour the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavours to facilitate the achievement of this object, it being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. It is one of the most important letters in history. It demonstrates Britain's vital role in creating a homeland for the Jewish people, and it is an anniversary we will be marking with pride. To be honest, when I heard some of those remarks, the idea that Britain would celebrate uh, 1917 as uh, as a moment of pride for the nation it really it really did bring a smile to my face but it was only a few weeks ago and just before Trump was sworn in that both America under Obama's leadership and Britain under May's leadership both allowed a UN resolution to pass claiming that the settlements this is literally a quote the settlements in the Palestinian territory occupied since 1967 including East Jerusalem has no legal validity and constitutes a flagrant violation under international law. That is a direct quote from the UN resolution, and both uh, America and Britain have a veto power, which they did not use. And that's the first time that America has not vetoed a resolution like that against Israel. And this was truly a major setback for Israel. And whether they have internal divisions in the British government, I don't know. We don't get to see always behind the scenes. But certainly with Trump on the scene after the UN resolution, May's government completely swung around to avoiding condemning the settlements. And earlier this month, 
um, it was middle of January, I believe, there was the Paris Peace, in Peace Initiative, and it was reported by Israel National News to have been snubbed by, the, by Britain as they sent only junior diplomats. And the AFP reported that the British Foreign Office issued a statement saying that the British government declined to send a high-level delegation to the conference due to, quote, particular reservations with the nature and timing of the conference. The reservations given were the lack of representatives from Israel or the PA at the conference, and it is taking place just, quote, days before the transition to a new American president. And there was no doubt that Obama was trying to uh, pile up um, and stack up a, a wall, <laughs> we use the word wall, a wall against Israel uh, expanding into the settlements and to try and tie Donald Trump's hands into uh, okaying the settlement building. But further to that, the, uh, the, uh, the, peace, uh, the Paris Peace Initiative, uh, John Kerry gave a speech that condemned Israel, and it was responded to by a spokesman for May, uh, the, the British government, saying, quote, We do not believe that the way to negotiate peace is by focusing on only one issue, in this case the construction of settlements, when clearly the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians is so deeply complex. And to follow up on this, May actually said in her Thursday speech again to the Republican Party that they would stand for Israel. Here she is. And whether it is the security of Israel in the Middle East or the Baltic states in Eastern Europe, we must always stand up for our friends and allies in democratic countries that find themselves in tough neighborhoods too. So this development will, of course, be interesting to watch and one that we'll keep our eye on, but we're going to have to leave that for another Bible in the News. But on a basic level, Graham Pierce looked for Britain to pay, play a part in the Middle East, and that would certainly seem to be completely in line with what is taking place today. And that's why I smiled when I saw Britain going uh, over to, uh, talking about going over and celebrating in Israel the uh, 1917, which was uh, the Balfour Declaration. And so the fourth thing that Graham expected Britain would do would, uh, quote, maintain her world trading position expressed by the words, the merchants of Tarshish. On this point, here is Theresa May, again, uh, this time speaking actually at the president's uh, side, and this was on Friday, their joint press conference. And finally, the president and I uh, have uh, mentioned future economic cooperation and trade. Uh, trade between our two countries is already worth over £150 billion a year. The US is the single biggest source of inward investment to the UK, and together we have around $1 trillion invested in each other's economies. And the UK-US defence relationship is the broadest, deepest, and most advanced of any two countries sharing military hardware and expertise. And I think the President and I are ambitious to build on this relationship in order to grow our respective economies provide the high-skilled, high-paid jobs of the future for working people across America and across the UK. And so we are discussing how we can establish a trade negotiation agreement, take forward immediate high-level talks, lay the groundwork for a UK-US trade agreement, and identify the practical steps we can take now in order to enable companies in both countries to trade and do business with one another more easily. And I'm convinced that a trade deal between the US and the UK is in the national interest of both countries and will cement the crucial relationship that exists between us, particularly as the UK leaves the European Union and reaches out to the world. 
Today's talks, I think, are a significant moment for President Trump and I to build our relationship, and I look forward to continuing to work with you as we deliver on the promises of freedom and prosperity for all the people of our respective countries. So lastly, um, Graham noted that there is, quote, a hint that Britain may be closely involved in the prosperity of Israel at the time of the invasion. And here's Theresa May speaking again at the Conservative Friends of Israel conference. And to be honest, this one was one I thought, ooh, you know, Britain being involved in Israel's prosperity today, is that something that's being discussed, really? And so I, when I went looking, this was, uh, this was actually, and listened to the complete, uh, the complete speech that she gave to, at that conference, uh, these were the words that I came across, and I think it's quite amazing when you think that Graham Pierce looked for this back in 19. 80. And so here is Theresa May again at that conference. We meet at a moment of great change for our country. In the wake of the referendum, Britain is forging a new role for itself on the world stage. Open, outward-looking, optimistic. Israel will be crucial to us as we do that, because I believe our two countries have a great deal in common. As the Ambassador Mark Regev said, we have common values. We work together on health, counter-terrorism, cybersecurity, technology, and we can help each other achieve our aims. First, we both want to take maximum advantage of trade and investment opportunities because we know enterprise is the key to our common prosperity. Our economic relationship is already strong. The UK is Israel's second largest trading partner. We are its number one destination for investment in Europe, with more than 300 Israeli companies operating here. And last year saw our country's biggest ever business deal, worth over £1 billion, when Israeli, Israeli airline El Al decided to use Rolls-Royce engines in its new aircraft. <laughs> We should celebrate that, and we should build on that, and we should condemn any attempt to undermine that through boycotts. I couldn't be clearer. The boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement is wrong. It is unacceptable, and this party and this government will have no truck with those who subscribe to it. Our focus is the opposite, on taking our trading and investing relationship with Israel to the next level. And so there's no doubt that as Britain exits the EU, she's on the hunt for trading partners. And if Israel is, uh, is a part of that, all the better. And this is bringing her, back, bringing her back to her old alliances and bringing about the situation that Graham Pierce and many Bible students look for based on God's inspired word. And we can literally look at every point that Graham lists and see that it is either happening or at least being openly discussed and even planned for. And so the question we ask is, will the political changes that we are seeing bring about the peace in Israel and the proper lineup of the nations that we see in Ezekiel 38? It would seem that we are certainly witnessing this taking place. And if this is the case... Obviously, the exhortation for us is that we need to have oil in our lamps and prepare to meet our God. And so, may you be strengthened by the fulfillment of the prophecies to get back to your Bible and to, and, and as much as we do, continue to 
open our book. There's always more that we can do because we are in an incredibly godless world. And this is the only way in which we can overcome is through the, through the reading and faith in God's word. And if you've ever doubted some of these prophecies and wondered about them, certainly I hope that this is going to help you as you just think about going through those five points and every one of those that Graham looked for in 1980, we can put a check mark beside them. And so may these things serve to strengthen you in these last days. And this has been John Billington joining you this week. And we uh, look forward to you joining us again next week for another edition of the Bible in the News on www.bibleinthenews.com. Take care.